Rhea Isaac Egypt and Noah presents The Resurrection Story. This book will take you on the journey from creation through the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Answering questions, why do we die boiled eggs? Or what is the significance of an Easter bunny? And much more. The presence of the Lord surrounded Amelia and her family. The Holy Spirit filled their household with love, joy, and peace. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ grew from a young babe in the manger into a young boy. He worked alongside his earthly father Joseph as a carpenter and worshiped our Heavenly Father with all of his heart. Years went by and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ performed many miracles, and preached to many, many people. And this full-length color book, written by Michelle Carter Douglas, her sons, Patrick M. Douglas, Rylan Douglas, and her daughter, Arlesa Douglas, was also illustrated by her children, Patrick, Rylan, and Arlesa. What a beautiful book to bring in all holidays. This book is written by a family for the family. Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Rhea Isaac, Egypt and Noah presents The Resurrection Story. Almighty God is good. Amen. Amen, everybody. How is everyone doing tonight? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Pat, if you would bless us with prayer. Yes, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, sorry. Yes. We just pray that you will always be with us and keep us safe all 
danger in every system. And we pray for those that are free. We lost cousin this time, and Lord, this week, but Lord, we know that we got her. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Pat. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, today is March the 24th, 2023. And uh, would anybody like to uh, give a recap of what we studied last week in Bible study? Well, I'll start. Oh, okay. I'll Did we start yes. talking about the 12 tribes of Israel? About the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Yes. The, the gifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Praise God. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. What was that, Sister Pat? Oh, we had a lot of scriptures from that. Yes, and Amen. Amen. And in the book of Revelation, yes, yes, because, um, and we did have a lot of corresponding, um, scriptures that we did go over, um last lesson uh ephesians uh 4 1 isaiah 11 uh chapter 11 verses 1 through 12 romans 12 verses uh 4 through 10 we had a lot of great information um anything that stuck out to you last week that was able to help you guys well we also went over about the different titles in the church and what the bible you know tells us about the qualifications and mm -hmm. that was really you know that was it highlighted a lot of stuff within my mind because you know sometimes you just don't really know right you just go by what's being done and what's said but don't know what the bible says exactly yes and we did talk about that as well you know a, a lot of times you know we recite scriptures because that's what we've heard and grew up hearing 
but you know, there, there comes a time in life where we have to look up those scriptures, read those scriptures and discern with the Holy Spirit what God is saying. You know, amen, praise God, praise God, amen. With that being said, uh, tonight's Bible study, we are going to, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Anyone have anything to say? Amen. Amen. So what we're going to do for tonight's Bible study, we are going to go over our homework. And also, uh, we are going to take a look at uh, our daily bread reading. Amen. Now, I do believe for homework last week, I gave you guys... uh, a homework assignment to read the daily bread uh, for that coming up uh, Saturday, uh, uh, which I believe was the 18th. Uh, did anyone have a chance to read that? I'm sorry, I didn't get around to that. Well, no, you know what? No, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want somebody, Pastor, now to read the daily bread for today? Yeah, if well, if you could read the daily bread dated for the 18th. The 18th? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, okay, let me put this. Uh, do apologize again. No worries. Um, okay, uh, March 18th, reading out sins. It's um, Deuteronomy, um, sorry, no worries, uh, 32-34, Mark 15, 26-47, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and we'll forgive us our sins. First uh, John one nine, today's scripture and insight. When I notice a spring budding next to the garden hose by our porch, um, I ignore the seemingly harmless eyesore. How could a little weed possibly hurt our lawn? But as the weeks passed, that nuisance grew to be the size of a small bush and began taking over our yard. A stray stalk arched over a portion of our walkway and sprouted up in our areas, um, admitting its destructive existence. I asked my husband to help me dig out the wild weeds by the roots and then protect our yard with weed killer. Would we ignore Denia's presence? Sin can invade our lives like unwanted overgrowth and darken our personal space. Our sinless God has no darkness in him 
at all. As his children, we're equipped and charged to face sins head on so we can walk in the light as he is in the light. First John, first verse, seven, first chapter, seventh verse. Through confession and repentance, we experience forgiveness and freedom from sin. Verses eight through 10, because we have a great advocate, Jesus. Second chapter, first verse. He had willingly paid the ultimate price for our sins, his life blood, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Verse 2. When our sin is brought to our attention by God, we can choose denial, avoidance, or deflection of responsibility. But when we confess and repent, he weeds out sins that harm our relationships with him and others. Reflect and pray. How does knowing your sins or our offenses against God change your view about repentance? What sins have taken root and need to be weeded out of your life? Loving Father, please uproot the sins from my life so I can grow closer to you and others. Oh, amen. 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 Uh, Sister Nicole, anyone on the line uh, would like to uh, share and answer? The questions uh, in the Daily Bread. How does knowing your sins or offenses against God change your view about repentance? And what sins have taken root and need to be weeded out of your life? Um. Well, I know, Pastor, like I've always said that, you know, I've had problems with uh, self-control, with anger, and uh, with just having sometimes um, revenge or vengeful, let's say, uh, sinful thoughts for people that have either hurt my family or, or others that I've, I've known. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that God um, has always, um, when I repent and I say, you know, Lord, just please renew a right spirit within me. Remove yes. any of that evil spirit or, or, or thoughts from my mind that, you know, I can feel that um, he's a forgiving and loving God. Yes. You know, so my view of repentance is that, you know, as long as we come to God sincerely and confess our sins and ask him to cleanse us whiter than snow, that he would. You know, he, he would listen to us and he would, um, you know, be repentful um, and show, show us repentance for, for our sins. And um, again, um, how I said before, the sins that need to be weeded out of my life is I hold on to things. Sometimes I hold on to things that I need to let go, just like a weed that has grown too much. And if you let that weed continue to grow without nipping it and removing it, then what does it do? It kills the whole area around it. It's good, for, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and good pastor and, and the good flower. It kills it because that's what a weed likes to do. It just likes to grow and kill, just like sin. You know, sin likes to manifest in our soul and then kill our soul. So I know people, uh, uh, places, uh, events mm-hmm. uh, I need to weed out of my life 
because if I continue to let them stay in my life, all they're going to do is continue to uh, uproot what God has planted in me mm -hmm. and let that false root, which is the weed, you know, that's a false root, let that sinful false root of sin grow and, and, and kill and kill what God has um, for me. So um, I just need to reflect on that myself. And um, I know one thing that anything that is of love and is of God doesn't harm. It's not uh, rude. It's not. It's not boastful. Uh, any of that. And mm -hmm. so, if if anybody exudes that kind of behavior, then that person is not uh, 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 secured or, or or firmly planted in God's root, but they're again a false. Uh, securement of God and what they really are is just a weed that needs to be cut off mm -hmm. forever amen amen thank you so much for that testimony thank you uh, anyone else want to share to me like uh, you have to know what your sins are you have to know that it's a sin to know that it's wrong. And I think most of us do know when we have sin and it's wrong in order to do something about it. You have to know your sins and what you're doing mm -hmm. in order to deal with them. And, you know, because if you don't know it, you're not going to do anything about it. Just like anything else, if you know something is uh, that should be taken care of and you don't know it or not aware of it, you can't do anything about it. But you have to know what your sins are. As long as you study and read the words, you know. You know. And when you get the spirit, you just get a feeling. You know when you're thinking or doing something wrong. And I think like you guys sometimes wouldn't even think of it. I do have anger issues. I just don't express them as well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think I'd be very angry sometimes. But sometimes I will hold on to it. And sometimes I have wished some terrible things on some people that have said or done something to my family. And I know mm -hmm. that's a sin. I know that's a sin. You have to forgive. And I'm getting better with that. I have gotten better with it. And there's another sin. There's other sins that have done. Just uh, Sometimes I remember I always just thought, well, my opinion was the correct opinion. I'm right. I'm right. Other people's opinion, even my own children. Grandchildren, yours is okay, but you know, I got the right opinion. I know. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not correct because everybody has a different view because everybody's at a different angle, a different point in life. And people's, every life, is a, your, your journey is a little different than mine. So what makes me always think that my way is always the right way? It's not. And, that's not, and it's not right to be opinionated like that and close your ears to what others are saying, no matter how old or how young they are. And I've learned to listen. And it's enlightened me, and I have been wrong. I mean, yeah. not a told you I was wrong all the time, but I have been. You mm -hmm. mm -hmm. were speaking something that I really need to hear and listen to. And grandchildren, yes, some of it was you. You were. But sometimes I was right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you have these things, and then, you know, there is also the sin of lust. 
I may be elderly. Well, you know, oh well. Years, sometimes. I mean, even like now. Yeah. You look with somebody I've seen something or something that looks a little less fully. Uh, I mean, but that's you should be. I mean, yeah. Uh, you're not. I mean, it's the since you do it. I mean, like uh, they are maybe with somebody else. They're walking along with. I guess it's their wife or girlfriend or something. But you just think it's some lustful things in your mind. And then sometimes maybe they're not, but you know, like you're not supposed to just look at people that way. If you want a life partner, you're supposed to look at somebody that you can share and you know your life with your joys, with your uh, your hardships, with you, not just in a lustful way. What I'm trying to say, I don't know if I'm saying right. things, you know. I mean, as well, we all sin by word, thought, or deed. We all do. And we need to know what we do. And if we know what we do, you can go and ask the Lord to help you to correct it and do better. Because if you don't acknowledge it and uh, as a sin, you're not going to do anything about it. And I think that's a big thing a lot of times today. People, you know, I think some of the people, they do know, but they just say, uh, Oh, well, I ain't going to change. And that's it. They don't try. They don't try to go and do better. They don't try to go to the Lord and even ask for forgiveness. But I'm trying. I'm I'm still a progress in work. Amen. 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 And I just want to say, Pastor, we have to agree everything with what Sister Patricia said. We all are, Sister Patricia. You know, we all fall short the glory of God and how Donna McClurkin said a saint is just a sinner who has fallen and got back up. So none of us beyond any reproach of any sin with God, like you said, word of deed. So uh, I know I strive to to, um, do better each each and every day. Amen. I can tell you a little something might make you put a smile on your face Mm -hmm. when you said you know, like Donna McClurcia said, uh, said it's just a saint who has, you know, fallen down and gets back up. I done fell down and crawled around so much, I think my knees are just crusty. Mm-hmm. That's how much, I mean, but you know, you get back, the Lord will lift you back up. And each time I get back up, I do thank the Lord. And I try not to do it again it's getting easier it's getting easier not to do as much i'm not saying i'm you know we've got we're not perfect we're in this human body we're always going to do it till we leave this earth right but i am i truly try to work on on things a lot more i don't get quite as angry about a lot of things um and you know when i try to see other people's point of view and it, it helps to sit and think about that because it brings me closer to the Lord. Because yes. hey, you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Possibly. So I don't know sometimes where you got that you was always right. Well, you know what? The beauty of, you know, this Bible study, it is definitely designed by the Holy Spirit. And... Um, I, I would like to, before we go on to the Bible, uh, to some of the other uh, topics that we are going to go over tonight, 
I would like to share, you know, my answer. Um, how does knowing your sins are offenses against God change your view about repentance? To me, it strengthens it and it keeps yeah. me in check because I know that there will be a time that I go before God. So I want to go before God with a clean heart and a clean mind. Now, like Sister, uh, you know, Nicole and Sister Pat, you know, discussed some of the things that they struggle with. You know, we all have things that we struggle with. You know, my struggle um, is the fact that I hold on to grudges and I do, you know, and, and I, it has gotten a lot of better. It has gotten a lot better, but I, I do, you know, when people uh, hurt me, especially hurt my, my family, especially my children, I don't care how old they get, you know, my niece, my nephew, um, I do. I, 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 I pray for things to happen, you know, and, um, I don't think that people are evil who do that because David wished that his enemies would have, and I call it a religious justice. You know, it's different if if I, I take matters into my own hands. No, I don't do that. I take the God. Because therefore, if I'm wrong in any thought, God is the judge and juror. If, if nobody committed a crime against me, my children, my family, and I take it before God, God knows. Wait a minute now, this person didn't do anything. You, you're misconstrued or whatever have you. Now, if something do transpire, I think that that is uh, a spiritual and a religious accountability. Because people will also say when people do wrong things, you know, God will be the judge, God will be the judge. So when you say that, you're taking it to the Lord. But that's just my Thing. We're going to get into the scriptures to see what God has to say about this in the Holy Bible. But knowing that my sins bring reproach, you know, on my, my character and, and also affects the relationship I have with God, it puts me in check. It keeps me in check. Um, and Sister... Patricia, I, I can relate, you know, now nah, I, I don't get into, you know, the looking and, you know, this, this, that, and other, well, you know, Dwayne, the rock Johnson is fine, you know, but that's as far as it goes, but I can't understand what you're talking about because we are not designed to be alone. I was just having this conversation with brother Brian earlier, you know, the reason why it's so hard with you know, single uh, parent house because he was sharing something someone had shared or whatever um, that, you know, as a single, you know, mother, it was hard. 
And I understand that. I was a single mother to small children, you know? But what I share with Brother Brylin is God did not create us to be single parent homes. And anytime we act out in the accordance and the purpose of God is even more conflict, it's even more trouble. We're going to have trouble anyway in life. But we can also add on to that, that hardship. And so with that being said, as far as those times of loneliness, I can relate because we were not created to be alone. And that's when we call on the Lord and ask him to strengthen us because now, sadly to say, there are men out there, women too, women women take advantage of men too. So you have older men that are established. You know, they work their whole lives, you know, have very nice pensions and 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 social security. And then you have these women that see someone who probably is grieving because he lost his wife or, you know, uh, health issues. So they weed their way in to take advantage of them, you know, because they're looking for a caretaker, someone to talk to. And then you have, you know, even women as of your age, Sister Pat, that men are doing the same thing. That's why, you know, and, and like I, 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 just to be honest, I had someone recently propose to me. And they're not working. They have not really worked. And um, they're around my age. And I just don't know. Because I'm 50 years old. And even though I look at where I want to be in life, okay? Like I look at my life, I'm 50 years old. I should be 15 years away from retirement, you know? But I, I don't even think about that because at the end of the day, it's like, I don't want to. I don't want to retire. I want to keep working, working for God. In our storms, we have God too. Written by Michelle Carter Douglas, Rylan Douglas, Arlesa R. Douglas, Patrick M. Douglas. This collection of prayers is offered to the home for parents and their children, not only focusing on relationships between husband and wife, but the relationships between parent and child, child and parent, and people within the community. James 5.16, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. 
the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Behind our closed doors, we pray together and we offer our fervent prayers to the world. 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Amen. Sharing a prayer from the book, Strength in our marriage, God is our strength. Heavenly Father, as my spouse and I come before you, we send praise and gratitude. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Thank you for everything you have done for us, both as individuals and together. As I hold my spouse's hand, we give our praise. Please, Sovereign Lord, cover our homes, our lives, our families with the blood of Jesus. At times, the wind consumes us, and we begin to feel as though we are drifting apart. Seldom have the raging waters tried to drown our hopes and dreams. We ask you, Almighty God, to embrace us and give my spouse and me strength. Give us strength, Heavenly Father, individually and in our union. Give us the strength and endurance during opposition of the enemy's tactics. Give us the strength during temptations. Give us the strength to endure physical and mental trials. Oh, Heavenly Father, strengthen our mind, heart, spirit, and souls. Yes, Father, we find refuge and strength in your holy word and presence. We find strength calling on your holy name. We have strength in your divine love and nurturing presence. Heavenly Father, you are our strength. In our marriage with God, we can survive all things. This we pray in Jesus Christ's holy name. This book is available right now on Amazon.com. at it, I said, you know what, this individual doesn't love me. They may have a love for me, you know, but at the end of the day, I bring somebody in, okay? God forbid something happens to me. Even though I was not at one job for a certain length of time, I have worked throughout my life. Okay, so this person, this individual that has no work record that could just come in, marry me, and they're not in the best of health. So my income is now their income. And they could get Social Security based on my work record. And then you have to look at something happens to me, my children who are my, 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 uh, one of my advocates in this world, you know, cause Jesus is the best and 
on me and then I have my mother and I have my children. So I look at it where my family, if God forbid something happened to me and I can't voice my recommendation for my own health, I know that they are going to advocate for the best of me. Whereas this individual might say, pull the plug. There's nothing else to do. Because they're looking at what I can get, you know, out of this. So if God has it in his will for me to marry, he will bring me someone that's equally yoked. Because I'm not looking for someone because I, I was kind of like I went through this thing where I was lonely and, you know, things like that. And, you know, and, and, and well, that was with that, uh, you know, um, he said he was an elder and he wasn't, you know, that that character. And I thank God I made it out of that situation whole. Because some people do more harm than anything. And the best thing to do is to be content with being alone until you are ready for who God has sent to you. You understand? It's this thing this man was saying, you know, and I don't agree with his philosophy, but this one particular thing I could relate with. And I can't remember the, the man's uh, name, but he's passed on and he was on uh, social media, YouTube. And I think people, once they hear what I'm going to say, they'll probably know exactly who he is, African-American male. He's like, okay, you're looking for a man to take care of you, to have six figures, but you are not in the position. You're not his equal. And the way he said it was kind of crass. But my thing is this. The man that I'm looking for is intelligent, uh, Christian, religious, um, well-spoken, um, caring. You know what I'm saying? Also, even though I'm obese, I'm not really into uh, obese men, you know? So my thing is, if, if, I'm, if I'm like that, we just being real, you know what I'm saying? I have to work on my weight. You, you, you understand that? And I'm just, and then too, where I want to be in life financially, okay? I think that I need to be an equal to who I'm looking for. So if I'm looking for a man who's established, I need to be established. And with that being said, charity starts at home. And what I mean by that is you cannot be taking care of somebody on the outside if your family is struggling. You understand what I'm saying? And, and so that's what I'm saying. There's work that I need to do at home, meaning with God, with my family, to get to where I need to be in life. And if it's not meant for me to remarry on earth, that's okay. 
Because once I close my eyes, I ain't thinking about marriage anyway. And to answer the second question, <laughs> um, what sins have taken root and need to be weeded out of your life? And I stated that earlier, holding grudges. And, and the thing, I'm very quick to forgive. I'm, you can ask anybody that truly knows me. I, that's right, Sasha or Malik. I don't know which one that was, but you're correct. I'm very quick to forgive. I do not stay mad at people unless they've done something to hurt my family. You understand what I'm saying? When it comes to me, I don't stay mad at people like that. But once I forgive you and you do something again, I will bring up that situation. And yes, if I forgive you for that one and you do something a third time, I'm going to bring up everything. And I I was just speaking to someone, uh, a matter of fact, the same person that proposed to me. Um, this is like, Shell, you know, what did I ever do? Whatever. And so I brought it all back from 2009. And oh my gosh, you remember that? Oh, come on, come on. Yeah. I don't have to have it written down, but it's just, and that's something that I want to weed out because I want to be able to forgive and to forget, not take a record of it. Amen. Amen. Minister Michelle Carter. Yes, ma'am. That is one of the hardest things about forgiveness. Is to forgive. Yes. I mean, there's been some I'm working on it, but and, and don't don't get me wrong, you can do it, but there is some that will. You get angry again, but it, it is very hard to forgive and forgive. Yes, yes. But sometimes you can, you can forgive. You may not forget, and that is sometimes that'll make you sit down and cry. You know what? It, it's just so very, very. It is because you know what? It takes an evil person to hurt anybody. It does. Now, I'm not talking about, we've all said things to hurt people's feelings. You know, like, for instance, uh, Ma, when me and you used to get into it, and, or me and Nicole got into it, you know, we say things, and, and we cut below the belt. And then it's like, afterwards, it's like you feel like, uh, you know, I'm not talking about that. No, I'm talking about some things. Child, yeah. Yes. Yes. And sometimes it comes from somebody that you trusted, and you, you know, you didn't think they would do that. Well, you know what my Angelo said when I mean, I've been there, and I, just, you know, but you know that you have to step away from them, and, and the forgiveness takes some time. 
years and years and years and years, then you do have to stay away from them. You do. Sometimes they have never changed. You, you mm-hmm. see them as they really were then, before you exactly. see them. But then, you know, they show you that true face and you just have to. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, and, and and all we could do is pray for them. That's it. Anyone else would like to share um, their perspective, their answer on how does knowing your sins are offenses against God change your view about repentance? Let you know just how truly, truly wonderful God is in His forgiveness of us. This world, and of many, many times He has forgiven civilization, and many times they go back and turn, you know, down through the centuries and turn on Him, but He still loves us and forgives us. Amen. Amen. And you could find this article on ourdailybread.org, that's O-D-B.org, and so much more fundamental, uh, encouraging information and knowledge. They also have a book that's available on Amazon.com, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. Amen, amen. Was there somebody else trying to say something? Oh, I'm sorry. Anyone else have anything to say? Uh, no, Mr. Davis was just agreeing with everybody. Oh, praise God. Yes, amen. Good evening, Mr. Davis. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 We love you, my brother. Amen. Uh, next, we will have uh, the Daily Bread reading dated March the 24th, Recognizing God's Voice. Anyone like to volunteer to read that? Do you want to read it? Oh. Um. Which one was that? I was in the kitchen. Uh, March the 24th. March 24th. We can wait till you get it, Sister Patricia. Amen. Recognizing God's voice. Yes, ma'am. Okay, Acts 20, chapter 22nd through the 32nd verse. I commit to you, God, and to the word of his grace, which you can build which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified, as found in Acts 20, chapter 32nd verse, recognizing God's voice. After years of research, scientists have learned that wolves have distinct voices that help them communicate with each other. Using a specific sound analysis code, one scientist realized that various volumes and pitches in a wolf's howl enabled her to identify specific wolves with 100% accuracy. The Bible provides many examples of God recognizing the distinct voices of his beloved creations. 
he called Moses by name and spoke to him directly in Exodus 3rd chapter 4 through the 6th verse. The psalmist David proclaimed, I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. Psalm 3 verse 4. The Apostle Paul also emphasized the value of God's people recognizing his voice. When bidding farewell to the Ephesian elders, Paul said the Spirit had compelled him to to head to Jerusalem. He confirmed his commitment to follow God's voice, though he didn't know what to expect upon his arrival, found in Acts 20th chapter 22nd verse. The apostle warned that savage wolves would arise and distort the truth, even from within the church, verses 29 through 30. Then he encouraged the elders to remain diligent in discerning God's truth, verse 31. All believers in Jesus have the privilege of knowing that God hears and answers us. We also have the power of the Holy Spirit who helps us recognize God's voice, which is always in alignment with the words of scripture. I can't pronounce this person's first name. X-O-C-H-I-T-L Dixon. What false teaching has God helped you combat as you studied the scripture? When has he used the Bible to encourage you? God, when the noise of the world around me threatens to make me wonder from you, please help me recognize and obey your word. Amen. 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 I don't know. I think it's uh, stock skill, but I'm, I'm going to look that up and see the correct uh, pronunciation. What false teaching has God helped you combat as you studied scripture? When has he used the Bible to encourage you? Sister Pat? Let me think about that. What false teaching has God helped you combat? You know, like, we've had a lot of uh, people, you know, leaving passing this last couple of weeks. And, you know, I always thought that, you know, for a long time, I used to think that whenever you passed away, you just went to sleep in the grave until you were called, you know, until the time of judgment. But I, I believe you have said that you will go to heaven and wait until the time that you will be judged, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I say, you know, that does, it's comforting to know this. That mm-hmm. the body, which is true, our body's going to go back to ashes to ashes. But your spirit, the spirit, which is the essence of each and every human body, yes, will go to the Lord and will abide with the Lord until the time that we will be with the final judgment. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, you know, and that, you know, just reading and studying about that and hearing that god has helped me do you know this i should know it's just a little scary to think about you know and uh you know that's that's the one thing it has helped me with and the bible does encourage it gives me with faith and the longer i have my faith you know the stronger my faith gets i i'm conquering the fear the fear of many things, the fear just, you know, day by day life. Um, I say, you know, God's with me. I, I can do this. 
uh, I may not know I'm going to a new place, a doctor or something, and I don't really, I'm getting older, I really don't like to try to find out and follow the directions and stuff that I used to get a little scared before I did now get a little scared. No, I said, you know what, God's going to help me. And then you know the way people drive. I said, I'm not afraid I'll be okay. I could do this. Um, not afraid to stay in the house by myself. Uh, so once once while I was, once while I was, was, I said, God is here. And then just general little thing, everyday things that can have little fear, just like even sometimes going to the doctor when something isn't right because I'm a little afraid of finding out what they may say. But then uh, how can you uh, take care of anything if you don't acknowledge that anything is wrong? And remember, God is on your side. So Amen. I said, okay, I could do this. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You know... <sighs> And I'm not going to call out, you know, any, you know, religions, but I used to study, you know, with uh, a particular religion. And, um, and I did that because I was searching for a sense of belonging. I was 17 at the time and, um, I was dating someone, um, and his his mother went to a particular place in which she worshiped and so i thought that this was home you know and um mind you that was my first domestic violence relationship and so um the teaching some of the teachings um correspondent with the Bible, but some of the false things was that Jesus is not part of the Trinity. Um, the teaching was that the Trinity was not believable because how can um, Jesus be God when he was crucified? Um, another teaching was that uh, birthdays were not, uh, you weren't supposed to celebrate birthdays because that was against uh, God. And they, they, they used um, the incident where John the Baptist was beheaded, you know, so um, that was that. You know, and um, there were some other, I think, uh, some other things that I I was able to distinguish that was not accurate. Um, another thing, uh, they highly, the further you got, um, the, the more they, um, when I first started studying, I was able to look in the King James Bible. Um, then the more and more uh, advanced I got within this particular uh, religion, um, you were to use their Bible and their separate books. And um, they even had particular music that you listened to. Um, so that was so that was that. Um, so, but you know what? Uh, in learning the, the, the Bible, 
it has encouraged me because number one, you are able to see fact from fiction. You are able to discern what is of God and what isn't. And also it has encouraged me that as long as I do right and what God wants me to do, I'm going to be okay. I may face trials and tribulations. I may be hurt, but I'm going to be okay. And when it's my time to go to heaven, there are no goodbyes. Amen? Amen. Amen. Anyone else want to share? I don't know about something that I learned specifically in church that was contradictory or, or uh, wrong in, in the interpretation of the scripture. But I do know one thing, uh, Pastor, it's just like the attitudes and the judgments of people in church. Not all, but uh, specifically some older women in the church, how they look down upon me when I did become an unwed mother, and it was almost, uh, again, not from God's point of view, but from their point of view, that uh, that type of sin, which the sin was obviously having relations before marriage. It wasn't the sin of, of, of getting pregnant with my beautiful daughter. But um, they almost equated that sin with a sin that was unforgivable. And I felt very um, unworthy of God's grace, his love, uh, the gifts that he gave me in church. I felt very unworthy of that. And uh, I was watching a show not too long ago, and uh, a gospel singer, Tasha Cage Lockhart, um, her mother also passed it with the gospel singer. Um, and um, uh, she said that her mother, when she was an unwed teenager, uh, mother, made her stand up in church and tell the whole congregation that she was pregnant. And she said the child's father was in the church, but he didn't have to stand up by her. But she had to stand up, and she said she just felt, not from everybody, but from a lot of people, including her mother, um, that the saint, the saint and, and the um, shame that, you know, she should just be shunned from what she had, what she did. And she said that pretty much uh, turned her away from not God, but from away from the church and church people for a long time until she realized that, again, this is not what God was saying. This is what people that say that they're supposed to be followers of God were making her feel. Mm. And so now I know there's a difference between Christians and church people. Mm -hmm. And when I was younger, 
I could not sustain the, the difference. And I felt that these people that said they were church people and Christians were one of the same. I shouldn't respect them. I should respect what they feel about my life and the way that I have chose to make some decisions. And I should, quote unquote, uh, bear that burden of, of, of shame because this is what they told me to do, you know, and until I, you know, um, have so much shame that, you know, I feel they feel like, okay, well, now you could be part of the services again. Then how some people say, too, they also call a sit down. You know, they have to sit down and they refrain you from, like, being in the choir or being in church services or officers of different church, uh, you know, uh, activities and groups until they feel that uh, whatever they feel the sin that you have committed has been, quote-unquote, uh, you know, rectified enough where you could um, be considered uh, an active member of the church again. See, I never became an inactive member of God's church. I became an inactive member of church people who are wolves in sheep's clothing. And it taught me that I don't feel any shame in what my daughter I've had, and I've had people and, and younger people too, especially pastor, uh, come to me and they say, you know, Miss um, Carter or Miss Nicole, like you dressed a certain way or you looked a certain way and you were on fire for God. You know what I'm saying? And people made me feel like I should feel bad with the way I look. You know, God made me the way he made me. You know, I can't hope that he made me in this shape, in this, in this form. I could wear a pair of jeans and a shirt, and I still will not look the same as somebody who's fat or, or flat-chested or skinny or anything like that. You know, I got curves, and, and, and that's what they are, and that, that's what I'm going to show. And I'm going to be proud about it. And that's what the young girls would tell me. They were like, you know, Miss Carter, you know, you come, you know. And I said, that's how my grandmother used to come to church. You know, my grandmother used to come looking like a pretty doll to church every single Sunday. You know, and people would be like, oh, look at your grandmother. She did all this and that. Well, all she really did was put some boots on and, and some lipstick, but she was just a beautiful person inside and out. Mm -hmm. You know, and the Bible never says that you have to go and look like an ogre to be uh, uh, uplifted in, in, the, in the spirit. It says about vanity. That's different, okay? But um, I say that now, Pastor, to say, I love, you know, uh, who God made me. Mm -hmm. And if I wasn't an unwed mother and learned that, then I would not know there is that difference between church people and Christians. And not only that, that I didn't know that I was going to be um, an example and an inspiration and, and words of encouragement to other women and other young girls to say, you know what? If God has brought you this far, look, he can bring me this far, too, you know? And I tell him, it's only by the grace of God that I have what I have, you know? And I owe it all to him. And all of the blessings that he has bestowed upon me since after giving birth to my beautiful daughter, personally, professionally, financially, everything, I know that my living was not in vain. 
And I know that having my daughter, the way I... Restoration of peace within the soul is an ongoing process. The Prosperity Project series presents Restoring Your Inner Peace After Abuse. The brightest stars on earth have overcome many adversities in their lives. This book is dedicated to the inner healing of abuse victims and those who have encountered traumatic experiences. Focusing on the strength-based perspective, the reader will connect with their innate ability to overcome all obstacles. This book was written by survivors to survivors and those that know survivors. Instructor's Manual and the Individual Student Books of Restoring Your Inner Peace After Abuse are designed for facilitating workshops, Bible studies, individual readings, and or groups. This book is available right now on Amazon.com. A few testimonies from Lori Massey, who says that the book is wonderful, inspiring, empathetic, and helps with the past. The novel market declares while religion isn't normally their thing, I know it is for a lot of people, and this book seems written with good intentions to help others. Also, Will says that this book is inspiring and transformative. He says it is a great read, and he wasn't sure what to expect going in but he enjoyed the book and he recommends it. Restoring Your Inner Peace After Abuse, available right now on Amazon.com. Abraham treated Hagar, you know, his handmaiden. You know, they weren't married, but he had Ishmael. And Ishmael was still blessed. And, and God told him, listen, yes, I'm going to bless your son Isaac, but I'm also going to make Ishmael ruler of nations as well. Amen. So, again, these ain't, um, I, again, I can't judge, Pastor, but these ain't true followers unless they readers of God's scripture saying that what has happened is not something that God's going to bless or that you need to be ashamed of because I've read it in my own uh, scriptures that I know of God that says, okay, well, no. What the Bible says is he has blessed tons of people that have been born out of wedlock, you know, and he has said this certain act is not correct, but the people will still be blessed. So I just know for me that I have learned that and I have, uh, you know, carried that on. And uh, that has been my growth, you know, my own walk with, with Jesus and with God. And again, I just want to say not everybody in the church was like that to me. There was a lot that gave me very much support other than my family when I had my child. But there were the few that I said, you know what? Okay, 
I'm going to pray for y'all because I just know that, you know, again, it's, it's not of God to look down on people like that because that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to build each other up. We're not supposed to tear each other down. Mm-hmm. That is that is so true. And, and, you know, and I remember distinctly because that's the first time I, I walked away from the church. Um, because I felt that was so wrong and so ignorant and, um, you know, and I never forget this individual, you know, how people talk about you as if you're not there. Well, you know, that one is next. That one implying that I was next to become pregnant. And I've shared this. I've shared how people in the church would say vicious things. Uh, you're going to burn in hell, you know, when it comes to fornication. And you know what? In the Bible, there is nowhere in that Bible where God says a child is a sin. A child is a reward. Now, yes, fornication is a sin. But fornication is a sin whether or not you get pregnant. Just like adultery is a sin. I used to have this problem where preachers would be in the pulpit talking about people having fornication and they're adulterating. I don't understand that. And just like when it comes to sin, Nobody could talk about a person fornicating and even adulterating. Uh, Nobody could talk about any sin, okay, if they're sinning. Sin is sin. God knows our heart. Remember, the Lord uh, told the thief that he will be with him in paradise. Remember, Mary Magdalene Okay, Jesus said, those without sin cast the first stone. Here at the ministry, and this is how you you know if, if a church is really the house of God. You don't use sin as stones. Now, people might not be picking up those physical rocks like they did back in the day or writing a big red scarlet letter. But they're doing it through words and actions, alienation. And see, that, that's the very reason why when man shuns you, God will glorify you. And with that being said, if it was not for you having my niece, you would not be here today. She was your motivation. God blessed you with that child to keep you here. And I'm going to just be open and honest. Thank you. you. I'll just be open and honest because you know what I'm saying? You know, like J-Lo's song, I'm real. Okay? If it was not for me and these kids, I would have been long gone. And those that know me and know what I've been through, know it. 
So the, those, 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 and, and see the thing of it is, one of the people that was saying that, they had a boyfriend over their house every other night. But because, but because she, she, she was a deaconess and he was a deacon, somehow their sin was a holy sin. No, it's an unholy mess. Okay. You know what? As I've gotten older, stuff like even I know what you talked about. When you think about if you're going to live like a lot of people and like says church people, like you said, and there's God's people, there's Christians. Yes. Yes. If you're going to be a Christian, aren't we supposed to help each other? Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to, I don't care. You know, because like I used to sometimes I used to you know, people may dress a certain way, but I say, you know what, you show them some kindness, you know they learn and they come and they get on fire for the Lord, they will, you know, maybe some things, maybe if they, they, they'll know how they want to dress and think of maybe something, maybe it might be a little risque, but the Lord talked to them, they will, if they can, they will, you know, you know, because I like to dress up, not twice risque, something like to wear a little flash and stuff or whatever. After a while, you know, let's say like, no, that's a little too low cut or something. And, you know, so you don't want to do that. You want to have respect for the Lord's house. But I know some people probably said something. You will change. Well, I'm saying the Lord will change you. He'll give you a new walk. Yes, he does. A different way. And I hate that word out of wedlock. I hate that word. What is illegitimate? Well, their words are illegitimate because you know. And you. Okay. Now, illegitimate. Illegitimate according to Oxford language means not authorized by the law. Now, I don't know when a life is illegal. Now, I may not be the brightest crayon in the box, but at least I'm a crayon in the box. Life is not illegal. Now, when you take a life is illegal, but that's a whole other horse of a different color. Okay. But illegitimate illegitimacy does not pertain to life. And another thing, out of wedlocks, the adversary uses terminology like that. Because when we read about revelations, it talked about the bride of Christ. A wedding. Just think about that. What does Jesus and God value? Children, babies, lives. So when they say out of wetlocks, they're talking about their, they're, they're talking about them because they are not in matrimony with God. Because anytime you love God and you are in matrimony with the Lord, you appreciate and you respect life. 
See, the adversary knows when a child, a person is a blessing. And, and what those words was, and I'm just going to be honest, that's a demonic spirit that's trying to shame the individual to make them ashamed of bringing a life into this world. Okay? Because mm -hmm. I always thought about that even when I was younger. I was, I used to think, and I said, well, you know, if the Lord didn't want this child to be, this child would not be. Right. Evidently, God, God could decide who, when, and where. So what's wrong with it? Nothing. But, and then if you can help somebody, that's why I like doing these food giveaways and different things. Because, Amen. You know, things have been hard down the past. Sometimes you don't want to go to your parents, and some people don't have people that help them, and they're doing the best they can. I mean, what's wrong with helping people? Don't while you here, out. be a light. Exactly. While you're here, be a light. I'm sorry, so Sister Pat. God knows. God knows. God knows. Yeah, we won't even talk about what they've done. So you know, that's a whole other thing. That's that's their walk with God. To deal with that, whatever stuff to judge them. I don't know. I don't know if they made the you know peace or thing. But I mean, you know, you don't do that to people. You want to bring people in into church and know the one and only true God. Because it doesn't matter what you went through, what you're going through. God's going to bring you through as long as you're good to God and his people. You know, God just, he is such a beautiful God. And anybody that will, anybody listening to this, this this podcast this message i want to say thank you to all those who have brought a child in this world Aww. and taken care of that child you know to anyone out there that's confused and 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 pregnant and feeling as though, oh, I don't have my life together, and maybe it'll be better if if I don't have the child. No, don't listen to no. the devil. There is help out there. There is help out there. 
And the one thing that I'm going to dedicate myself to any, you know, we are just going to continue to share these podcasts with encouragement and testimony. Because in all honesty, ma'am, there was at the time that uh, Sissy was a stretcher retreat, there were two more, uh, well, I call them ladies I worked with. Each one of them, their daughters, were expecting a baby. Amen. And we, had, we were at the uh, time talk one time, and they just said, we were so tired of them worrying about what the baby going to have this, what the baby going to have that. He told them, we talk, we talk. He told them, just shut your mouths. That's why we working. <laughs> The babies will be fine. Amen. The babies are going to be fine. And it was a, me and two more mothers. And we told them, shut their mouths. The babies are going to be fine. And our babies were fine. And the babies were provided for. Amen. Other, other family members in each one did think of whatever we said. We told them, both, uh, you know, two more young girls. One was about 19. The other one was about like 18. Like you were when they were pregnant. And they said, you know, their daughters were up upset and scared and worried. And, you know, they don't know what they're going to do. for his. Now, there is a national toll-free number, okay, and it's called, uh, well, when you call 1-800-504-7081, that's 1-800-504-7081. And it's called 1-800-311-BABY, okay? And this toll-free number will connect you to the health department in your area code. Um, and, and that's if you're expecting um, and you need assistance, any health assistance. I gave you the number earlier. That's for the Spanish. Now, this is for the English. For the English is one 800 311 for English, and then 1-800-504-7081 for Spanish. And so that is uh, uh, health-assisted programs for pregnant women. They'll actually connect you. Um, anyone listening that is in need of uh, help, you know, do not hesitate to call 911. Um, anyone experiencing any uh, crisis, uh, they can call 988. 988. 
Amen. Uh, earlier, we wanted to see how to pronounce this name. And it's Sochil. So that's uh, the name of the, yes, uh-huh. Yes, Sochil Dixon is how you pronounce that name. And it's actually Spanish. Is actually Spanish and it means flower. Um, yeah, the Mexican girl's name Sochil refers to the beautiful flower found in northern and I'm sorry, southern Mexico. This name also has a purpose in the Aztec calendar, as Sochil is when the goddess of youth, love, and pleasure. So that and that uh, information was found on uh, social baby name meaning, origin, and popularity. Um, www.thebump.com. Okay. Amen. Praise God. We will take a break, and when we come back, we will actually be studying in the Word. We are going to go over some scriptures, um, because what everybody talked about uh, earlier, we talked about anger and, and feelings of, uh, you know, uh, being alone and different things. So I, I want to get into that. You know, that way we closure and understanding. Um, Amen. Right. And then actually, uh, because of the holiday, uh, after today, we will pick back up uh, the week after Easter. So we will be on break um, for the 31st and the 7th. And we will uh, have Bible study again on April the 14th. Amen. 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 We will be right back with studying in the word. Every finishing point has a beginning. In our lives, every hardship we faced brought about a new beginning, a new horizon, a new triumph. Beginning of a New is just one short story written by author Brylon Douglas in his book, My Purpose Ordained by God, collection of adventure and short stories from an autistically gifted child. From the adventures of Jerry Young, who disguises himself to hide from the world, to Mama, Please Don't Go, another heartfelt short story about a young girl named Mindy who fears losing her mother. Take this inspirational journey through this book written by Brylon Douglas and available right now on Amazon.com. And welcome back to Studying in the Word. Praise God. I'm Minister Michelle Carter-Douglas. On the break, we listened to some beautiful, beautiful songs, one of which uh, 
It was requested by Sister Nicole Lee Williams and the Spiritual QCs. Don't you wait to pray. And you know what? That's a beautiful song. And you know what? It, it, and I just sat here and I just looked up in, into the ceiling. And, you know, when I heard that song, it sparked an emotion in me of forgiveness. You know, as I talked earlier about holding grudges, and, you know, and I said, you know what, I remember that, that quote, that phrase, life is too short. And then with that, I said, life is too short to be bitter, to be angry, to hold grudges, you know, and, it, and it's different than remembering what people did, like grievous you know, things like when you sit up there and you talk about an innocent child, no, that's the, I'm talking about other things, you know, and with that being said, God is great. God is mighty. God is loving. God is just. Amen. Praise God. Um, what we want to get into right now, um, I have some scriptures that I wanted to, uh, read to you, one of which about, uh, David, you know, and David went through a lot of things in his life. David was wronged, you know, and he said, about his enemies. This is Psalm 109. Psalm 109. If everybody could turn their Bibles to Psalm 109. Amen. Everybody have it. No, take your time. And one of the things I wanted to touch on too, David was not all innocent, okay? Um, you know, he had adultery relations with Bathsheba, you know? So he was not innocent. However, as the Bible said, David was a man after God's own heart. Okay? He was, you know, amen. So let's turn our Bibles to Psalm 109. My God, whom I praise, do not remain silent. For people who are wicked and deceitful have opened their mouths against me. They have spoken against me with lying tongues. Now he's saying, God, don't be silent. He wants God's judgment, judgment on the people who have wronged him. Verse 3, with words of hatred, they surround me. 
they attacked me without cause. In return for my friendship, they accused me. But I am a man of prayer. They repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. They was talking about what they what we call frenemies, you know. They, they uh, or what's the one one song? I forget who sings it. Backstabbers. Who sings that? Backstabbers the OJ's. Yeah. Okay, OJ's. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what you know. Backstabbers. Yeah. Okay. Verse six. Appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy. So David says, "What's good for the goose is good for the gander." Bring bring somebody more as evil than them to give them a taste of their own medicine. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him be found guilty, and may his prayers condemn him. Meaning, the dish that they dug for me, let them fall in it. Let them lies that they spoke upon me be their truth. Verse 7, when he is tried, let him be found guilty and may his prayers condemn him. May his days be few. May another take his place of leadership. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children be wandering beggars. May they be driven from their ruined homes. May a creditor seize all he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his labor. May no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children. Now, I'm going to stop just about there because I think we got the gist. Okay? Now, this right here, now mind you, David found favor in the eyes of God. David had a calling on his life. He slew the giant. Did he not? Anyone? Hello? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I thought my phone might have charged that. Okay. Amen. I mean, he Generation to generation to pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he he and, and and you know my thing is this. David, what we can't miss. I mean, I'ma be honest, it's it's a little extreme, but Okay, because I mean, me personally, I wouldn't go to that depth. However, 
David was angry. He was fed up. He was tired. And he was feeling like, okay, you guys want me to suffer? I want you all to suffer to the nth degree. Okay. Yes. Take it all. <laughs> he told me, he, he prayed to God. It ain't funny, but it's funny. He prayed to God that not only do he want the enemies to suffer, take all their 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 crap. You know, and, and down to 14, I gotta read this. Down to 14, may the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. Now that's deep. So so David not only wanted his offspring, okay, to to for them to say goodbye to the father and the wife to be the widow, but he want God to go back to the ancestors <laughs> and remember what they did. They long and gone, most likely now, you know. But he he want God to remember that, so we can say David was not a happy camper. I think we could all say that he was fuming mad. The point of bringing this scripture up, these emotions is best when we talk to God because God knows our heart and it feels good when we vent. When I get angry and I get frustrated, I call somebody and I vent because at the end of the day, I'd rather vent about my emotions and get it off my chest. That way, if I say something crazy, Somebody can report me. And I want somebody to report me. Because I don't want to be out here committing crimes and then go to jail, prison, and not see my children. You understand what I'm saying? So David confesses his emotions to God. He gets it off his chest. And when we look at the things that we prayed for on the people that have hurt us, we can say we are no different, no less than David. Because I'm sure, you know, knowing everybody on this line, we have never wished for somebody's, you know, offspring to suffer. You know, because me personally, I feel as though the children are not guilty of what the 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 parents did you understand what i'm saying yeah so that's but you know that's neither here nor there i'm not here to judge david david got a seat in heaven so he did something right you know all i'm saying is that i think that we could all agree that in our frustration you know there's a limit yeah we we we've we've wanted you know uh Justice, God's justice for those who have wronged us. You know, we might have 
wish somebody fall down some steps or something. But we can see Brother David here. It was it was something else. Um, is there any questions, concerns anyone has? And then I want to uh, end that uh, psalm with this in 30 and in, in 30 and 31. With my mouth, I greatly extol the Lord and the great throng of worshipers. I will praise him for he stands at the right hand of the needy to save their souls from those who would condemn them. Now, the end of this. It sounds to me that David has ended his rant. He was hurt. Yeah. So in sharing this scripture, that's what I want you guys to get out of this. You know, yes, some of us get angry. Some of us say things. You know what I'm saying? Some of us may throw things around. But we love the Lord. And what I recommend people to do is when they are angry and frustrated, Talk to somebody. T talk to God and, and, and also talk to somebody else. Express those. Express what you're feeling. To me, there is nothing to be guilty about that is felt and spoken. The only thing to be guilty about is an action, an unjust action. Oh, so-and-so made me mad. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to slap them a couple times across their face. Now, no, we don't want none of that. Now, talking, you know what? So-and-so made me so mad, I felt like slapping them across the face. Okay. You can recognize that. Now, how do you feel after you've spoken about it? Well, I feel better because, number one, I didn't do it and catch assault charges, you know? And two, it, it just felt good talking about it. Amen. Any thoughts, anyone? Yes. Oh, I see it. How David is talking about 
Okay, I see it right here. I see it right here. And then I'm going to go up a little bit so we can uh, get, okay, I'm going to, yes, okay. So we're going to, we, we, uh, verse 11, may a creditor seize all he has, may strangers plunder the fruits of his labor, may no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children. May his descendants be cut off, their names blotted out from the next generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. May the sin of his mother never be blotted out. May their sins always remain before the Lord, that he may blot out their name from the earth. For he never thought of doing a kindness but hounded to death the poor and the needy and the brokenhearted. He loved to pronounce a curse, make it come back on him. Now you see up here, what David is saying, he wreaked havoc and cursed everybody. Now it could mean he's talking about like cursing people out, or it could have meant that uh, like, uh a curse like uh blocking like we see around here sometimes if people don't like you don't do business with her you understand it could be that it could, there's many different types of curses but in the context that's coming up he loved to pronounce a curse he loved to be speaking evil on people blocking people, doing wrong on people, sabotaging people. Well, let it come back on him. Let him take his own, let him taste his own medicine. Okay? different place at this time. Oh yeah. You know David was probably kicking over rocks about now. And then when in verse 18, he were cursing 
as his garment and entered into his body like water, into his bones like oil. This was the Ebenezer Scrooge in David's time. Uh, you know, because cursing, cursing means a lot more than I curse you. You know, I don't think it's this context. I think uh, whoever he's talking about, who all he's talking about, they were just very grievous people. They probably called people names, bully brunts, you know, like the Goliath, brutes, you know, bullies. Okay, he just he he probably looked. You ever uh, know some of them? Uh, there was a song, uh, Big Bag Leroy Brown. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, cowardly uh, the coward of the county, um, not the coward. He was actually the hero, he, hero. But the other, I think it was the Gatlin Boys, or it was somebody in in that Kenny Rogers song. I love that song. And so there, there are people who just look mean at mean. They just wear their cursing, meaning they look like a a a a a, a curse. Just just very dynamic people. Um, there's some people that are evil but they dress like the Sadducees and the Pharisees. You feel me? Then there's other ones that look like the, the Nephilims, that look like the, the Goliath, um, that look like uh, just those very volatile people. You understand what I'm saying? Like, just look like brutes. So that's what that is talking about. Um, verse 19. May it be like a cloak wrapped about him. Oh, bless you. Thank you, Brother Brylin. Like a belt tied forever around him. So meaning may all his anger, all his animosity... How do I put this eloquently? Basically, every evil thing he says and does and how he looks, may it just be wrapped around him like saran wrap. May this be the Lord's payment to my accusers, to those who speak evil on me. So, David is asking God not only to give these people their taste of their own medicine, but make them digest it. Twenty-one, but you, sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me. So. He knows he's angry. He knows that he's in bed, he's bitter. He knows he is mad. He's wanting them. They, they mama, they daddy, they kids, they spouses to just suffer. 
and he knows it's not right. And and what this is, it's tearing David apart. He's like, help me, Lord. Help me. Take this from me. I, I don't want to live like this. So do me a favor. Tend to my enemies. And help me be delivered into forgiveness. Does everybody understand now? Any questions? Any questions? Amen. Amen. Because I want everybody to understand, and this is what it's about, communication. If there's something I say that you don't understand or don't agree with, please, now is the time because we are all studying in the word. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter four. That's Ephesians chapter four. And we are going to look into verses 20 through 30. Amen. Ephesians 4, 20 through 30. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Now, I'm going to stop there, and Sister Pat, if you could read verses 26 through 30. Um, what I want to say here, you see, speak truthfully. That's what we're doing now. God don't want no hypocrites. Yeah, I don't have no problem with lusting. I, I, I'm okay with being celibate. Yeah, I don't get angry. Oh, a person can come up and, and call me whatever name. I just say, okay, I know I turned the other cheek. No, God says speak truthfully. Sister Pat. Bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. 
you want me to keep going? Sure. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ thought you gave you. Amen. And I'm glad you would that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Now, you see, God recognizes we're in the flesh. But he says, when you take off the old and put on the new, you stay in the new. You know, and also in your anger, do not sin. See, that's what I would say. God recognizes you're going to get angry. But you can't come go out there doing unlawful, unjust things. He understands we're in the flesh. But pray about it. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Yes. With me and Walter here, I was telling him that again, I just get one... only a few minutes until they could exit to Koenigsegg Parkway. The roads and traffic take a turn for the worse. Readers and friends, the angel of death was near. Sterile and John prayed silently to Almighty God. Are they spared? Everyone hopes for a perfect love story. Some people dream of taking an adventure. In a small town named Poughkeepsie, New York, a couple and six young adults will meet and change one another's lives forever. Take this journey in the adventures of Gurgle Boy, written by author Patrick M. Douglas. This book is available on Amazon.com. Okay, amen. Uh, Sister Nicole, if you could repeat your question. sister, uncle, aunt, uh, cousin, uh, mother, father, uh, parent, child, friend, neighbor. You're not supposed to let that dwell in you. And we're going to bring it back to Cain. 
remember Cain allowed jealousy and hatefulness and bitterness to, to dwell in him. And he killed his own brother. You understand? So what God is saying in general, anybody, let's say I say something and it makes you mad. Okay. God recognize that you're angry, but God is also going to look at me because I said something to provoke you. You understand? And so instead of you taking that and letting it fester, the next time I say something to you, some people have this, this phrase, they'd be like, okay, as soon as I see so-and-so, it's on site. It's on site. <laughs> I'm sorry, because I said something, you know, and then I said, what they mean? You know, and it's because they're allowing anger to dwell. So it's not just married couple. It could be boyfriend and girlfriend. You, you understand? Anybody. You are not uh, allow anger to, to dwell in you. And it's not a sin per se, but it is what it can turn into. You, you understand what I'm saying? Some people have been wronged by, let's say, a different demographic of people. And they don't talk about it. And I'll just give a personal uh, thing. I went through some stuff. And I allowed it to fester to where I was saying different derogatory things on social media. And one of my friends, best friends, okay, they called me on it. They said, Michelle, you said so-and-so on Facebook. And I said, well, so-and-so, I didn't mean you. And no, I'm talking about the rest of them. And then I said to myself, Michelle, you know how crazy that sounds? And I had to dig down deep. And this is how God works. Now, I'm back in school to pursue my bachelor's, okay? And one of the classes that I'm taking this semester is cultural diversity. Now, I didn't choose this class. It was recommended to me by my advisor. And that class is a godsend. And the reason why is because the assignments and everything, it allowed me to dig down deep to identify who I am. And also learn the history of why some people are the way that they are. Not justifying racism and discrimination, but when you learn its origin, it helps you to understand that people discriminate, hurt out of jealousy and fear, out of oppression.
And it allowed me to understand if I make a generalized statement based on someone's ignorance, I am just like the oppressor. Because people who discriminate and are racist, they do these acts out of generalized assumptions. Amen? Any questions, thoughts, the floor is open. Please share. Because God is all about inclusion. So that's one thing about, again, going back to what we uh, talked about earlier about, uh, you know, uh, how Sister Patricia read today's daily bread. She said that, again, um, if God is in your place of worship, he's all about inclusion, not exclusion. So, you know, when you say certain people can't be included because they don't look a certain way or they're not dressed a certain way, that's being judgmental of man, not breaking um, judgment against them as, you know, God. Now, again, of course, when we you know, become a Christian, we're supposed to represent God in, in the right way. But yes. what I would is more about, you know, um, how a lot of people feel that, you know, um, if you're of a different race, then you can't belong to the same denomination or church. And that's not true. Mm-mm. No, ma'am. And that helps you distinguish uh, the religion, the house of God that is genuine. Because God is not about segregation of the, the race, nationality, or even religions. Now, God does say about not... Um, interacting and associating with people that are not doing what is righteous, you know, but that's not segregation, you know, that's protection of the spirit because iron sharpens iron. We are supposed to be like-minded, just like I, I shared this about a preacher and this is the second preacher that I heard preaching and or in a Bible study condemning interracial marriages and they're black. And I don't understand that. I don't understand that. God is not of seclusion. With that being said, are there any other questions or concerns? 
Amen. With that being said, uh, we will close out tonight's Bible study. And um, Sister Nicole, would you be able to pray us out? Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for coming this evening. Lord, again, we were able to come together upon one accord to read your word, study your word, and to understand, dear God, that we don't have to worry about what people say about us. We don't have to look down upon our sins mm -hmm. because you told us, Heavenly Father, that all we have to do is just give it all to you and you will take care of us. Yes, so, Lord, we thank you for being able to forgive us for our sins. We thank you, oh God, for just showing your light upon us. Even though we are nothing without you, we can do all things through you, Christ. Yes, Lord. So we're all testimonies here on this sound of my voice here, God. We heard with Sister Patricia Carter say how she's growing, Heavenly Father and her relationship with you, oh God. And she's learned a Heavenly Father that some of the things that she learned earlier as a child and even as a young woman, that she is not looking down upon those mistakes that she has done in the past, dear God, because she has made her stronger, dear God. And the mistakes that she did do in the past, she hasn't done anymore. And she said it's becoming easier and easier to follow you, oh God. And that's because she is being led by the Spirit. So we continue, Heavenly Father, to pray for her growth in you, O oh God. To yes. continue, Heavenly Father, to let her know that she is a beacon of light, that she will draw others towards you because of her life. Lord, I just thank you, O oh God, for Brother Patrick Dustin. I ask you, Heavenly Father, to continue to bless him as well, dear God, his wisdom, knowledge, understanding of your word. And Heavenly Father, let him know that you will always show yourself to him, oh God. He never has to question your existence because you are always going to be with us because you said you would never leave us or forsake us. Lord, I just ask you to be with my youngest nephew, Brother Brian. Yes, Lord. You, Heavenly Father, to just hold him up. Lord, yes, Lord. He's a real man sometimes to show his weaknesses. Yes, Lord. Heavenly Father, how David, Heavenly Father, was weak and his body was weak. But by his stripes, Heavenly Father, you made him Ooh, yes, Lord. And you made him strong. Yes, again, Lord. Heavenly Father. So, Lord, we ask you to touch your child, Heavenly Father. He is mourning the loss of our great um, cousin, Heavenly Father, Miss Joyce Wilson. She was very special to all of us, but especially Heavenly Father to this young man that she made an impression on him and his young life. Let him know, Heavenly Father, the wonderful memories he has of our cousin Joyce. That's going to stay with him forever, dear God. And let him know, dear God, that he will grow in his love, Heavenly Father, of all the people in our family. Let him know, yes, dear so. God, that he is a strong man. And let us know, dear God, that because of that vulnerability, because of his ability, Heavenly Father, to grieve for others, that he will be able to be that father. Yes, that Lord. Yes. Yes, oh God. Father. Yes, oh God. That 
this is what a true man is supposed to be a God. Yes, so Lord. We have to father for this young, faithful man. Lord, we just ask you to continue and bless my beautiful nieces, our lesson Douglas. Yes, Lord. You have to father to show her, Heavenly Father, that you have given her so much, Heavenly Father. Outward beauty, Heavenly Father. Inward beauty. Give the song, dear God. Give the cooking. Give the hospitality. Give the taking care of children. Intelligence. So much. Our fire beetle. Yes, Lord. Let her know, Heavenly Father, whenever again she might feel, Lord Jesus, that she's not good enough or that she's not doing enough. The devil is a lie. Dear God, it's a look at that mirror. And you said, Heavenly Father, that we are wonderfully and fervently made for you, oh God. Mm -hmm. So she was individually made by you. And since she was made in your image, oh God, she is perfect and mm -hmm. beautiful. And she has everything, Heavenly Father, inside of her that you want her to have, dear God. Yes, Lord. And all she has to do is have her faith and trust in you, oh God. And nothing will have anything against her of this world because she's set away from this world and she is one of your children and you will protect her from all harm and danger, dear God. Lord, I just ask you to continue to bless my boyfriend, hopefully. Yes, Lord. More than that, oh God. Yes, we claim it in the name of Jesus. To bless him, oh God, if he goes out of town to work and have a Hollywood Bible. Also bless him and his beautiful mother in the household, oh God. Mm -hmm. Have your angels around their place, oh God, and protect them from any harm and danger of any tenants, any people on the streets there, God, that they are not aware of. Because, Lord, again, you said that you will always be our person of protection. Mm -hmm. So we know that you will keep your angels, even when we slumber in our sleep, that you protect us, dear God. And I ask you to protect them as well, dear God. Lord, I just thank you for the minister of the hour, Minister Michelle Carter Douglas. Lord, is she saying that you have to bless her, dear God, for so many things that you have given to her. But one of the yes. most important things you gave to her is not appointment, dear God, but it's a gift. You oh, gave Father her God. the gift of preaching. You oh, gave yes, her the gift you, of evangelism, dear God. Oh, thank and you, God. she has taken that gift and ran with it, dear God. Thank and you, that's God. why she is able Heavenly Father to bear much fruit because her oh, feet are firmly in you, oh God. So Ooh. continue to bless our minister, our shepherd, mm -hmm. Heavenly Father. Continue, Heavenly Father, to let her know that without a doubt that she is on the right path for you, oh God. Mm -hmm. That we learning, Heavenly Father, because of her. Yes, that Lord. we are growing, Heavenly Father, in our love and understanding of your own Yes, Lord, yes. We know, God, that behind closed ministry. Yes, Lord. Woo! Thank you, Jesus! Oh! Lord, as we see the clothes on our back, oh! Get bigger and bigger, dear God. As we see, because now we are an organization, dear God, that we already see doors opening, buildings coming, and fruition for behind closed doors ministry, community services, dear God, that we are going to be able, Heavenly Father, to be a source for the need, that yes, we Lord. will clothe them, that we will feed them, dear God, that we will educate them, that we will give them social services. Yes, Lord. All of the gifts that we have for you, oh God, 
please continue to let it be you, to manifest you, to edify your kingdom, dear God. And until we meet again, even though it be a few weeks with Bible study, mm. we will to praise your holy name and worship you morning, day, and night, dear God. Because, again, we always worship <coughs> you in your blessing, and we will never go without a day without giving you thanks. Yes, we Lord. Praise you, Holy Spirit. And we give you the utmost glory, Heavenly Father, and the highest praise. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, dear God. And continue to bless us as we go into this Palm Sunday and the Easter Sunday of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's resurrection. We do not take for granted, dear God, what you have given to us. The greatest gift of all is your son. Shed his blood on the cross that we would not die. So we thank you, oh God, for that. We ask everybody here, dear God, to just teach people. Teach people about the Resurrection Sunday. Yes, because that is the most holiest day on this earth, Heavenly Father. We have to acknowledge it. And we will continue to give your name on the honor, glory, and praise. Thank you, dear God. Glory, hallelujah to your name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We I love you. I was going to say, Pastor, I think hopefully, I don't know if we're going to have something this Sunday since the end of March. Mm-hmm. But that is Palm Sunday. So if we don't have it at church, I was just going to see if it's okay if I go to a Christian bookstore or someplace that we can get Palm and oh. bless and we can acknowledge Palm Sunday. Oh, yes, we definitely are going to, uh, regardless if, you know, St. John's has it or whatever, we are definitely going to have uh, Palm Sunday. So uh, the announcement is, as far as the Bible study, we are recessing until uh, April, uh, let me see, a- yeah, April 14th, we'll recess uh for the Bible study, but we're going to have, you know, Sunday worship and uh, we will be doing Palm Sunday. Praise God. Um, yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And yes, we will be doing that. Um, regardless, you know, St. John's has it. That's fine. But we, we at Behind Closed Doors Ministries will be having that as well. Amen. Amen. And um and stay on the line, Sister Nicole, everybody. Amen. Praise God. We love you all. Thank you so much for studying with us in the word.